Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is the Tyler Morgan Show on Relentless Daring Media Network. Welcome back to Land of Bourbon and Bad Decisions. This is the Tyler Morgan Show live on twitch.tv uh, slash Tyler Morgan Show. Or maybe you're taking this out on YouTube. Be sure to go to youtube.com slash at the Tyler Morgan Show. I don't know why I have to have the at and the dub, but I do. So I say to use it. If you are uh, taking this out on YouTube, please be sure to hit the like but like the video. Be sure to you know subscribe, hit the bell for notifications, all that silly jazz that so many people on YouTube get all worked up over. I'm just a humble, humble guy, and if you're watching me, it means the world that you actually care about my opinion. It means a lot. Thank you so very much. You can also check me out on Rumble or uh listen to the podcast on demand at relentlessdaring.com slash podcast or on any of the major podcast platforms. Again, thank you so much for tuning in. But before I get into it, let me tell you about one of my favorite things in all the world, coffee. I know I I, I really love beverages, especially these ones up here above my head. They are so yummy. Love them so much. Might be a little glass of it going on right now. But what gets my day going every day is a big hot cup of coffee. And the finest coffee for me is from American Pride Roasters. American Pride Roasters is a small family-owned company out of Iowa where they will, you put in your order, they roast your beans, they grind them to order, and then ship them out as soon as possible. Now, they have so many great flavors. I am a huge fan of the Thomas Paine Age of Reason Remix, which is 100% pure and delicious Robusta beans. I know a lot of people who are big into coffee. I thought Arabica was the way to go. Well, generally, yes, but these Robusta beans that he uses are just absolutely top-notch. A huge kick of caffeine. Great flavor. Check out their selection at aprcoffee.com. See which one of their flavors is right for you. Check them out, aprcoffee.com. Historically, great coffee. Now, I, I would like to address uh, the situation going on in Jacksonville before I really get started. Um, for those of you who are not following the news this afternoon in Jacksonville, Florida, there was a shooting. Crazy dude with swastikas on an AR and a handgun went to, drove like 40 miles out of his way to a predominantly black neighborhood in Jacksonville, Florida shot up a Dollar General, killing three, and then uh, ending his own life after a standoff with police. Now, 
I don't know anything about Shooter. I can't find any of that other than, uh, like I said, the pictures of the weapons have somehow made it online. Like I said, an AR-15 with swastikas on it. Uh, dude had some manifestos. Apparently, really hates black people. And also, several years ago, he was uh, involuntarily committed under Florida's relatively new uh, law that allows for people to be uh, involuntarily committed. Now, I don't know how much of the manifesto, the hating of black people, comes from some sort of psychosis. And I don't know how much of it is, like I said, what comes from psychosis, what is actually he really believes, because I said, I really don't care. I really don't care to mention the shooter's name, which fortunately that has not been released yet. But it, the crazy people on the left are already, ah, if we had more gun control, this wouldn't be a problem. Blah. Okay, if it wouldn't be a problem, then riddle me this, Batman. Why are states like California, Chicago, Illinois, with super, super strict gun laws, just absolutely lousy with shootings? There's murders all the time in these states. Now, I get it. A lot of these, a lot of these places where the shootings happen are in the big cities. You remove the big cities from the general population, and suddenly their shooting numbers go way down. And I get it. there are people who violate the law in order to get guns to people who should not have guns. You know, you have people who are generally law-abiding citizens. They haven't been caught yet. That they go out of state from Chicago into Indiana. They go to Wisconsin, where it's easier to buy a gun. And they buy them there, and then they bring them back in. Or, if they are a prohibited person, i.e. a felon, or someone who is uh, the subject of a protection order, or any number of reasons that would make you a prohibited person, they have a family member or a friend that does the same thing. I mean, there was a big deal several years ago about the, uh, like the, the Nashville, Chicago gun pipeline, where basically you have people from Chicago who still have ties with their homies back in the city, generally stationed. And this, what happened in one of these cases was they were stationed at Fort Campbell, which is a short 45-minute drive from Nashville. And they go to Nashville. They would buy guns from Nashville and go right back up to Chicago. And, oh, here's your guns. This stuff does happen. People will find a way around the laws in order to get guns to commit gun crimes. I suspect that's what this crazy cray-cray person did. And 
it, it's absolutely heartbreaking for the families of the victims. It's absolutely heartbreaking for everyone in that community. I mean, uh, the community where this Dollar General was is relatively close to a historically black college or university. And so, you know, you're, you're, ha- you're having the uh, campus police tell students, stay in your dorms, do not come out because it's unsafe. These things affect more than just the victims immediately. It affects the neighborhood. It affects the community. And the left and the gun grabbers want to use it to affect you and I, the people who understand that guns are a tool, that guns are an inherently dangerous object. Guns are a thing that we hold in high regard not because we have some weird fetish or we are trying to make up for um, a lack of endowment, so to speak. We under... Oh. Oh my gosh. Something hung up in my throat. It did not feel very good. Guns are an item. We understand that there is inherent risk. There is inherent danger. It's like fire. Fire is neither inherently good, inherently bad. However, if you are careless with it, or if you are malicious and using it as a way to go after somebody and to destroy property intentionally, fire is no bueno. But if you're keeping it small, you're keeping it controlled. You're, you're harnessing it to cook with, to heat yourself with, to do crafts that require heat. Then fire is not bad. Same thing with guns. If you have a gun and you're using it for self-defense, you are, you, you are using it to um, as a sport. You're a sports shooter. You're a hunter. You're a person that who rightfully believes the government is out to, you know, destroy your way of life, and you just want to be ready because yeah, it's kind of why we have the Second Amendment to protect from an oppressive government. All the other things are secondary. It's primarily so you and I, the American people, can go, you know what, uh, Uncle Sam, you're getting a little froggy. Uh, we're going to defend ourselves from you if need be. And we are the people who aren't the issue. The people who are the issues are the criminals in Chicago who, oh, there were 37 shootings over the weekend with five killed. In Los Angeles today, there was a gang war between this gang and that gang, and a number of people on both sides were injured and taken to the hospital and are now in police custody. These are the people that we have to worry about. This is where the majority of gun crime exists. Yes, there are people who commit personal cause homicide. A husband who shoots his wife. A neighbor who shoots a neighbor over some stupid dispute. These things do happen. But in comparison to the gang-style violence that exists in 
big cities with low-income neighborhoods where people turn to gangs and drugs because there ain't nothing else to do there. That is where, I mean, those numbers of the individual small crime, individual attacks for these personal cause homicides pale in comparison to those, you know, inner city, low income, drug riddled areas. So just keep the city of Jacksonville and the families of those victims in your thoughts, in your prayers, and don't let the knuckle butts like Gavin Newsom, who if you decide that you wanted to order a Patrick Bateman, but you couldn't afford the real Patrick Bateman, so you went to Wish or Timu and you ordered from them, you would get a Gavin Newsom who is basically a wannabe Patrick Bateman who was he was assembled by Chinese slave labor for the lowest amount possible. You know, Patrick Bateman of California was saying that I this study shows that in 2022 there were more child gun deaths than any other year. Okay. And then trying to make it honest, apparently the CDC on these numbers did include children from birth all the way up to the age 19, which the last time I checked, 18 and 19 are adults, CDC. Do you mind not skewing your numbers just to, oh, it looks so bad. No, that is not the issue. Sorry, my producer's being really loud. So if you're hearing him on the mic while he's in the other room, I apologize. But they, they do this all the time. If you take out ages 18 and 19 and you add babies from birth to age one, you'll notice that the gun deaths for that age group drops precipitously. And then if you start looking at the the older age of adolescence, say 13 to 17, and then you start comparing those numbers to how many of them were involved in gang activity and this, that, and the other, you'll notice that if you take the ones involved in gang activity and criminal enterprise out. So where now you have uh, ra- school shootings, you have uh, random murder, you have personal cause homicide because one kid has a beef with another kid. You have, you take, we, we have those numbers and it's even smaller. Uh, in the same study, it's like has a breakdown. It's like the the over the overwhelming plurality of kids who are killed are are black from inner cities. Huh? What else occurs amongst minorities in inner cities? Couldn't be. Drugs and gangs, would it? And you break down 
even more uh, where, you know, suicide, which suicide in children involving firearms is a smaller percentage than, than in the general population. I think overall it's like nearly 60% of gun deaths are by homicide. In children ages 19 to birth, that number drops to like 30%. And then you have accidental deaths, which is slightly larger than the general population, which is like 1%, where like 3.5% of gun deaths with children age 0 to 19, using the CDC's numbers here, is like 3.5%, which makes sense. Because you hear about little Jimmy was playing with dad's gun and shot himself, shot their, you know, sibling, what have you. But the gun grabbers just jump on this crap so fast. And they have no issues exploiting the dead bodies of whoever is killed. As long as they can have that dead, still steaming body that they can start tap dancing on. These told you guns bad. We told you guns bad. Splat, splat, splat. Dance on the dead body. They will do it. They don't care. They could give a rat's furry anus about the everything that's going on with these families. As long as they can hold that that bleeding body up and go, look, guns did this. They do it. They don't give a rip about anything other than trying to push their own agenda. And hey, you know what? If we have to co-opt the pain and tragedy these families are going through, by God, we'll do it. All right, so I'm going to get off that soapbox because... I I could do like the full hour ranting about gun grabbers. And I really don't want to because I want to talk about something else where government has also failed horribly. And that would be the Hawaii wildfires on the uh, island of Maui. As we know, fires broke out in Maui fueled by strong winds that were coming off of a hurricane like 400 miles away. Okay, it seems a little, little, little crazy that you know a hurricane that far away could have that much of an effect. But you know, okay, I'll, I'll bite. But basically, what happens is you have these state-run power facilities, substations, solar farms on the west side of Maui, which is, you know. It's the leeward side of the island. Usually the wind comes from the opposite direction. So this side is relatively dry. Well, climate change. Well, actually you can't really say climate change because it's actually been less dry in Maui this year than in past years. So we'll go on to the next little bit. Add to it, you have a lot of grasses that were brought in by farmers 
who, well, you know, the cattle just don't really seem to do well on these native grasses. So let's bring in some uh, grasses from the mainland that the cattle do better on. So you have these grasses that are not native. They're very prone to drying out and becoming very fire, uh, fire attractive. They become very flammable during any kind of drought condition. And then you have really old power poles that aren't designed to handle super high winds. So it's a number of things adding up to make a giant problem. In fact, the uh, the situation with the grasses has been a known issue for over a decade. Uh, state resource managers have gone to the you know Hawaii Electric again. It's not a private company called Hawaii Electric. It is the state of Hawaii electrical monopoly. Saying, hey, uh, it has some issues with these grasses. And, you know, if something happens with these power lines and you get sparking, it can be a disaster around Lahaina. Well, they were ignored. And then... Finally, it did happen. There was an issue with a substation. Poles went down. And at which point, Hawaii Electric goes, oh, crap, we've just lost this part of the grid. Lines are, that means lines are probably down. They kill the power. Fire department goes out. They put out the fire. It's okie dokie. Then the winds pick up, and they pick up, and before the uh, the ashes can be fully you know, put out, sparks are carried off and starts more fires. Wind picks up, it starts blowing those fires, picks up even more, starts snapping more poles that are still charged because, oh, why would we shut off the power during high wind conditions? That just seems like a really crazy idea. So now you're starting to get multiple fires going off and because as Hawaii Electric's going, oh, crap, and shutting off the grids. Guess what? The pumping stations that are on those grids cannot supply water to the hydrants, to homes. So people cannot go out and go, uh, I ain't leaving. I'm going to soak my house down and hopefully prevent it from catching on fire. Firefighters cannot get water for their trucks. They don't have pumping stations on generators that draw in saline water from the ocean that can be used to put out fires in such crazy catastrophic emergencies. But that would make sense to a crazy, you know, mainlander like myself that you would have, what's this word, a, 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 backup in case something goes down, but you don't really need it during normal, a redundancy. Having redundancies is such a quaint idea. Why would you need redundancies? I don't know. Maybe in case you have all sorts of lines going down, you're having to shut off all this power and people can't get water to the fire engines because there's no water being pumped by the freaking pumping stations. 
but it gets better. Once people realize, oh crap, there's a fire. They, they had these wonderful things in Hawaii where they could send out mass notifications to all the cell phones. If you have a cell phone, that is, a, that is an option you can turn on or turn off. I don't like getting warnings about weather and amber alerts and all the other things you get these mass notifications about. So I turn that function off. And I know Hawaii has that function because just a couple years ago, someone sent out a false alarm about the islands, about the Hawaii islands being targets for a nuclear attack. Everyone's phones went off. Nuclear bombs inbound. Kiss your ass goodbye. And people went into panic. So I know they had the system, but they didn't alert anyone on that system. Hey, there's wildfires. You need to evacuate Lahaina. Nor did they set off the the warnings that they use for whenever there's a, a tsunami alert. Why did they do it? Uh, because people are dumb and they will go to higher ground. Thinking there's a tsunami. They won't see all the flames and the smoke and they'll just go right for it. And so they didn't, so they didn't set off the alarms because they didn't want people to go to high ground. Which, as one survivor noted, um, I can't get out, but I have a four-wheel drive truck. I'm going to go up over the flames and move and move west of them so they're not blowing at me. And guess what? He didn't die in a fiery furnace of burning grass and timber. Weird. Then you have police setting up roadblocks so people cannot go down the only paved road leading out of Lahaina to the, ho- to the highway. You had people who died in their cars because of police roadblocks. You have a woman, and this possibly the most heartbreaking story of all ones that I have heard. This woman is working in another town. Her kid is home from school. She hears about the fire. She rushes from her job, gets to the roadblock, and cannot get into Lahaina. She finally says, screw it. Pushes past the cops in her flip-flops that are melting as she's trying to walk into the town to find her kid. Someone on a motorcycle picks her up, gets her as close as she can get, and they eventually have to turn back because of the flames, and they, they go to the evacuation point. Two days. She waits two days because, oh, yeah, we got your kid out. He'll be here in two days. He never shows. So she sneaks back in and goes to where her home used to be. The home is not fully destroyed. She finds her son's bedroom. And he is deceased with his arms wrapped around the family dog. As a dad... I could not imagine what it would be like to lose my lose one of my children. Could not imagine it at all. Much less 
finding your 14-year-old son in that that manner. There are currently several lawsuits going on against Hawaii Electric as well as they should be going on against other state actors. I think there should be criminal charges going against these state actors because their negligence has cost the cost lives of well over 100 people. Uh, the last story I read is 115 known so far out of 800, and there are 800 still missing, I'm going to presume that they are deceased. And I believe that every one of these state actors, and you have on top of all of this, um, I, I have it on my phone pulled up. I'm not even going to get into all of it because I'm already starting to get close to a hard break. And I have other things I want to get into after the break. Um, there's evidence now that Hawaii Electric is being told by federal investigators, preserve the evidence where there are lines down, clean up around them, but where there's lines down, there's charring, you leave it there. Because we want to see, we want to be able to see, okay, this is where it started. This is where there is melted molten metal from transformers, from power lines that was thrown off, thrown off from arcing that could have started, started a blaze. There's evidence that Hawaii Electric is cleaning it up, and then you have a million and one uh, federal agents coming in from FEMA and everywhere else that are just pushing crap out of the roads to clear the roads. So it's going to make uh, determining a lot of the final, a lot of the actual causes more difficult. I'm going to take a quick break and I will be right back. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hold up. 
All right, so getting back into things, uh, well, before I really get back into things, remember, if you're watching this on YouTube, please be sure to subscribe and hit the bell, get notifications. Rumble, same thing. Subscribe, notifications. Or if you're listening to this on podcast, again, please subscribe, rate, and review. It helps the show grow. And before I get started, let me talk to you about another favorite thing of mine, Beard oil, because if you're looking this, looking, watching the video on this, you're seeing this nice, lush beard. Let me move my microphone down a little bit. You're starting to see a little gray pop in there, but you know what? That's all part of getting old. I'm 39, and I look pretty dang good for 39, considering it's been a rough 39 years. But for my beard oil, I go to, again, a small company. When I say a small company run by... Uh, a single family, that's exactly what it is. It's my nephew and his wife, they run it. It is Blue Collar Beardsman, and I am not getting paid for this. I still pay for my subscription every month like everybody else. And if you subscribe now, you still have a chance to get the new Kentucky Coal Miner monthly scent for the scent for uh, September because September is Labor Day. And despite what you may what feelings you may have for labor unions and all that, which is why we have Labor Day. This pays honor to Kentucky coal miners because it is the uh, Kentucky coal miner scent. And it is uh, not a lot of coal smelled, but another big thing that comes out of Kentucky is bourbon. I'll just ignore that, you know, uh, rye whiskey on these last two bottles and that Japanese whiskey way over there. But what better way to celebrate uh, Kentucky coal miners than a bourbon-scented beard oil? It has notes of bourbon, bourbon cologne, brown sugar, and oak barrels. And the bourbon smell, you get that kind of tangy, kind of vanilla, sweet vanilla, and then you get the brown sugar. It kind of warms it up, gives it almost like a dessert smell to it. Absolutely amazing. I love their beard oils. I Again, if you're looking at this on, on the video, go back and find some of my videos from April when I was still starting to grow out from having just a mustache. This is a beautiful, almost five months worth of growth here. So, and I've been using it since I started growing my, well, I started growing my beard out when, I, when they started selling their oils because, hey, if they're going to have beard oils and, I want to talk about them. I want to try them. I want to see if I like them. And I love them. They have great scents that last all day. They don't overpower. And the scents don't just kind of... Uh. Plus, it does a great job of conditioning your beard and the skin beneath it. That way you have a nice, lush beard that's soft, well-conditioned, and doesn't get all bristly and start breaking off on you. you leave you with the itchy face. So check it out, bluecollarbeardsman.com. All right, so I guess I can't do a show this week without talking about Donald Trump. I really don't want to talk about Donald Trump. I'm tired of talking about Donald Trump, but he's kind of a big figure in politics, especially as a declared presidential candidate. Well, last week, the uh, Fulton County prosecutors released their indictments on Donald Trump and eight named co-conspirators and Donald Trump had to turn himself into the Fulton County Jail where he had to pay bond 
I will get to that in just a second. He had to have a mugshot done, fingerprinted, and all that. Well, leave it to the left to get mad because there are already people on the right who are selling Donald Trump t-shirts. And I'm considering putting one up for sale on the website. I'm Like I said, I'm considering it. But I really don't know because I don't want to seem like I'm jumping on this whole, yeah, Donald Trump is innocent, blah, blah, blah. Donald Trump, he's our, he's our hero. He will save us from everything. I, I don't want to be on that. I think a lot of the charges are, pardon the pun, trumped up. And I think there's a lot of political motivation to it, not necessarily he did anything particularly illegal. But that's not for me to decide. But it'll be interesting just to kind of see what happens. I'm, you know, who knows? If you want to buy a Trump shirt, maybe I'll put it up there and I'll do something good with it. Take all that money I make off the uh, Trump shirts and you know, give it to a charity. May, maybe uh, Mercury One, maybe Wagons for Warriors help take care of uh, you know soldiers and veterans here at home. And Mercury One, I really love them. Uh, remember when my pod, podcast account was at like 30 bucks, and then two years ago, the whole Afghanistan withdrawal just went to hell in a handbasket. People dying, American citizens being left behind, and I donated the last little bit of money to Mercury One to help get people out of Afghanistan. So maybe... If I sell the shirts, I will, uh, I'll split, I'll split it 50, 50 wagons for warriors and Mercury one. Uh, I'll have to you know, take a look and see, see about putting together Trump shirts and putting them out there. So anywho's to the whole Donald Trump thing, what the left is, like I said, Donald Trump's face already get put on shirts. The lefties are going nuts. Oh my God, you diver cry. You're putting a fake t shirt, man. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. Let's slow your roll for just a second. Go to any kind of leftist rally and find the people wearing the pictures of Che Guevara on their shirts as well as some other uh, notorious leftist uh, thought leaders, activists. If you can't tell from my tone of voice, I am using air quotes if you're not watching this on YouTube or Rumble. But, you know, you you have some very, very awful people who are leftists who are absolute who are absolutely embraced embraced. Like I said, Che Guevara, a notorious homophobe, a notorious racist, a guy who would have no issues when uh Fidel Castro put him in charge of a prison, and a woman would come in begging for her son who was picked up as a anti anti revolutionary. 
he would have no issue of leading her over to the window of his office that overlooked the courtyard of the prison, put in a call and have have her son brought out. She would positively identify her kid. And Ernesto Che Guevara would have him summarily executed in front of her just because that's how he gets his jollies. People wear his face. Someone who has a legit record of being a nasty, disgusting, horrible human being who got exactly what he deserved when he was sent to Bolivia to lead a communist revolution there, and the Bolivian forces caught him, had him on his knees, begging for his life before putting a bullet in his face. But I digress. So the left can put guys like that on their shirts, but the right can't do that with Donald Trump. I've also seen, uh, been starting to see comparisons of Fulton County in 1960 when they arrested one Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Now, it's getting a little, little, little out there making those comparisons. Oh, Trump is just like Dr. King. Got arrested for standing up for what he believes in. And, and maybe that's true. But you also have to start looking at some of the other stuff going into this indictment. You have people who were Trump surrogates. Uh, I, I don't have his name available to me. But I think it was Black Voices for Trump founder. He was indicted and he's being held without bail. On like two piddly charges. Not even the most serious of like RICO violations. But apparently he is such a flight risk because one time when being served with a federal subpoena to appear before the January 6th committee. No, it wasn't the January 6th committee. It was um, um, the, the guy who brought the charges in D.C. I can't think of his name right now. But, you know, Trump's biggest foe at this, at this point, the one that, uh, you know, all the morning CNN, MSNBC, CBS, all those people were fawning over, ah, he's tenacious, he, he runs triathlons, ah, I got the vapors just thinking about him. He had, that guy, that attorney had, had someone show up to serve a subpoena to, to him. And a lot of the articles I read, well, he body slammed him. Okay, I've watched a little bit of pro wrestling in my life. A body slam is not what he did. Did he get physical? Why, yes. It was not a body slam, though. He bumped chess. He got up face to face and just kind of threw his chest out at him like, huh? Chest bumped him. That is totally different than a body slam where you pick someone up and you slam their whole body into the damn ground. But, I mean, it, it was the Washington Post. They love to spend things to sound more 
more from their point of view than would normally be. So anyways, so you have that guy being held without held without bail. You have Jenna Ellis, who, as far as I can tell, was doing her job as Trump's attorney and sending notifications on his behalf, doing stuff, you know, and she says in good faith, she was charged. She never even got any correspondence indicating that she would possibly be charged, that she was uh, being talked about. It just wasn't until the DA's office released the indictment and the following people are indicted, are hereby indicted, Donald J. Trump and the following 18 personnel. And so then her name was on the list. But I love how she owned the mugshot. If you haven't seen it, it's great. Go look it up. Uh, Jenna Ellis, mugshot, Fulton County. And she's got a big smile on her face like, yeah, whatever. I mean, when did we start going after attorneys? Now, if Fulton County has evidence that she knew she was operating, sending sending letters and requests and doing everything an attorney would do on behalf of a client in bad faith, she knew Donald Trump was committing a crime and then she did it anyways, then Okay, I can kind of see it. But, again, during the indictment, they don't have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that Donald Trump and all of his co-defendants, pardon me, did anything. Did anything. They just have to, well, the preponderance of evidence, and here's the evidence we're showing you. Don't worry about all this weak stuff over here or the stuff that's uh, exculpatory. You're just going to look at what we're showing you, and we're going to give you a narrative. So, yeah, Jenna Ellis, then Donald Trump, he he got caught a $200,000 bail. And then, oh, God bless those Krasensteins. If, if, if you don't follow the Krasensteins on Twitter, please don't. Don't waste your breath. Don't waste your time. Don't waste the click of a thumb on, that, on their follow button. I don't remember which one. Was it Ed or Brian? Either or, a couple, a couple Jim Bros from Florida, who one of them was complaining that when Donald Trump paid, went to throw his bail, he didn't pay the full $200,000. <gasps> oh, my God. He used a bond agent. Oh, my God. I thought Donald Trump was so rich he couldn't. He still had to use a bond agent because that's how he does everything. Is with debt. Well, not really. These people have no idea how bond agents work. You see, when you go to a bond agent, you either put up collateral. Well, I, I, I don't have the cash, but my car's paid off. Okay, put your car up as collateral then we will pay your bail. And the and then the court will hold that bail until the end of your legal procedures, whether it, the case is dismissed, whether you are uh, acquitted of any crimes, whether you are sent to prison because you've been found guilty. You have 
met the obligation for your bail. So therefore, the bail goes back to goes back to the uh, bond agent. Or if you do have the cash, Donald Trump in this case paid twenty thousand dollars. There will probably also be a fee that that he charges on top of it, or he gets charged on top of it. Again, I've never had to pay bail. I've never had to use bond agent. I don't know how this works. 100%, but I have a better idea of it than the Krasensteins. So Donald Trump, regardless of what happens, he is only out 20 grand as long as he's, you know, follows the conditions of his bail and doesn't have it revoked. Because if he has his bail revoked, then that means he owes the bond agent the other 180 grand. You know, he shows up to all of his court hearings, shows up for trial. And regardless of outcome, acquittal, conviction, you know, they get their money back. Plus, they have his twenty grand and anything he may have paid on top of it. So, he really he's not using debt. He he's using a system that was put in, put in place to help everybody. Pay their bail. Now, granted, a lot of bond agents, they have a max that they won't allow you to go, that if it's over a certain amount, don't care how much money you throw at me, we don't have that, we don't have that to be able to, you know, to enter into a bond agreement that because we have to give the money to the court. So, I mean, Donald Trump did what he had to do Oh, uh, he didn't really have to do it, but it's better than, you know, 200 grand. I mean, if I was a billionaire and I was facing charges and I was a, had the choice of 20 grand and have a bond agent or 200 grand, I'm going to take the bond agent and pay the 20 grand. It's not a ridiculous idea. But the fact that people are just losing their minds over, oh, he, he, he couldn't even pay his own bail. He had to go to a bondsman. Ah, shut up. You would probably do the same thing if in any sort of similar legal predicament. And speaking of predicaments, one thing I didn't know is that apparently here in America, we have an alcohol czar. Yes, that's right. This is an article from the New York Post. Biden's alcohol czar warns new guidance could be only two beers a week. Now, keep in mind, this is guidance. It's not going to be laws of guidance. Kind of like the food pyramids. You don't have to eat everything on the food pyramid and the amounts that they tell you to eat because that would be unhealthy. Five helpings of carbs a day, depending on how big a helping of the carbs is, it's not necessarily good for you. Make you fat like me. And I love the way this the way this article starts. What the ale? Americans could soon be advised to limit themselves to just two drinks per week. Top health official warned on Thursday. Don't judge me. This is still my first one of the week. 
President Biden's alcohol czar, Dr. George Koob, told the Daily Mail that the USDA could revise its alcohol recommendations to match Canada's guidelines. Yes, because that's what we want to do is we want to be like Canada. We want to speak two languages, still be responsible to the queen, and have no civil no have no actual civil rights. I mean, we, I mean, they say they have civil rights, but ask Jordan Peterson how his uh, freedom of speech is going, considering that a court just ruled that if you belong to any sort of governing body, anything you say in person, in private conversation, on social media, they can police what you say and they can revoke certifications based on that. In January, the Great White North began urging residents to limit alcohol consumption to two drinks per week. Since the 1990s, the U.S. has recommended women limit themselves to one drink per day and men to two drinks per day. However, the guidance is up for review in 2025. Uh, There's health benefits. I think people will start to reevaluate where we're at. Coop told the Daily Mail of Canada's big experiment with its alcohol guidance. Coop, the director of the National Institute on Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism, noted there are no benefits to physical health from drinking alcohol. Uh, most of the benefits people attribute to alcohol, we f- we feel they really have more to do with what someone's eating rather than, than what they're drinking. So it really has to do with the Mediterranean diet, uh, socioeconomic status that that makes you able to afford the kind of diet and make your own fresh food and so forth. Uh, For those who don't know, a Mediterranean diet, which is high in fats and proteins but low in carbohydrates, is touted as an overall healthy diet. Ah, yes. That's why I don't eat it. I like my red meats that are high in fats and proteins. And by God, if I want a potato and a loaf of bread for my dinner, I will do it. I know I just talked about carbs and being bad, but I like bread. Don't judge me. The The lifestyle has been said to protect against inflammation and heart disease. Socioeconomic status has also been linked to health. Yes. No kidding. Really? You mean if you live, if you're poor, it's cheaper to buy processed foods that are full of chemicals and not particularly healthy than to buy the healthy stuff? Even, you know, even buying canned vegetables, which have less nutrients than fresh. Really? Huh. Gee, I wonder wonder. Who has made that possible? Could it possibly be the government and all the sugar subsidies and corn subsidies that go towards sugar plantations and corn that is grown to be uh, converted into corn syrup, which goes into flavoring and sweetening a lot of drinks and candies and foods? Ah, that couldn't be it. Couldn't be the government getting involved in Ruining things like the government always does when they get involved. Poverty is the nation's fourth leading cause of death. I There's a link there. I should click on that at some point. And, oh, shoot. 
Yeah, it's paper, not my phone. Killing an estimated 183,000 Americans, 15 older in 2019, according to findings published in April in the Journal of the American Medical Association. I bet you there's more to it, more to it than just being poor. Yeah, we, we, that's in mind. Most of the battle fats kind of disappear on the health side, said Coop, who confessed to enjoying a couple glasses of Chardonnay a week. He did admit the social benefits of alcohol, describing it as a social lubricant. Yeah, he got some lubricant, and it ain't his social at all. His remarks follow several reports warning that Americans are consuming alcohol at an alarming rate. U.S. residents are drinking as much booze now as in the Civil War days, with childless women 35 years old at, at the most risk of binge drinking. Which, I'm not going to tell a person not to drink. That is a personal choice. Now, if you are a drinker, I do highly recommend against the binge drinking. Believe me, I was at a place called Korea. Binge drinking was a weekly thing, pretty much every Friday or Saturday night. And my liver was so happy to leave that peninsula. However, I said, I don't recommend it. But when the government comes out and complaining about problems they caused because, oh, we need to get more people growing corn. I, I know. Uh, we'll, we'll pay uh, subsidies. For people to grow corn, that way we can turn it into really cheap, even cheaper than sugar, high fructose corn syrup. Huh. And they wonder why even cheap food has gotten worse. Because at least with natural sugar, granted, a lot of it is not great. However, your body is better better made to process it than high fructose corn syrup. And it's common sense. If your diet consists of ringdings and ho-hos and nothing green and leafy, no meats, fresh or canned, because canned chicken, I love me some canned chicken on occasion, canned tuna fish, mm-mm. Then you really have to start making choice. Do you want the cheap ringdings or do you want to maybe spend a little extra on a bigger packet of package of meat that you could stretch out for an extra few meals? I mean, and I get it. When you're, if you're having to balance between putting food on the table and paying a bill, Paying the bill and then buying cheap crap food just so you have something to eat. It, 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 I get it. I've been there. I'm not exactly uh, Richie Rich over here. So, I mean, that's just kind of where, where it is. You know, and they, they want to talk about, you know, alcohol contributing to these poor diets. No. What about an economy that's in the crapper where people turn to alcohol because um, 
It's cheap. It's there. It's a great form of self-medication. I am not advising anyone to self-medicate with alcohol. If you're having issues with depression or other mental health issues, please talk to a medical professional. But the whole idea that, you know, well, we're going to suggest you only drink this, this amount. Meanwhile, I want to admit that I probably drink more than that, but I'm just saying. I mean... The whole idea that we have an alcohol czar is going to come in and, well, yeah, you should. No. That should be that should be one of those common sense things. And I get it, common sense ain't too common. But when the government comes in and says you really should do something, 90% of the time you really shouldn't. That's just me being me. All right, so that's going to wrap it up for this week. Again, thank you so much for tuning in live if you were here, if you were uh, hanging out in the the stream chat there. Thank you so much for attending. For those of you who are watching on YouTube, again, for the third time, and you rumble people too, I'm telling you, telling you and the YouTubers at the same time, thank you. Now, please, hit the subscribe button down over there somewhere. Like the video, hit the bell, get the notifications. I'll be watching. If you're listening to this on podcast and it's your first time listening, please ask the same four things every week. Number one, please, 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 please subscribe. It means a lot. Once you subscribe, do item number two, please rate it five stars. I'll accept four. Three and below, we need to have a talk. Hit me up on Twitter at fake Tyler Morgan or at RD Media Pods. My DMs are open. You can hit me up. We will discuss why you have to give me three or below. Better make it good. Once you have rated it, please write a review. Say something good about the show. Uh, Offer some constructive criticism. I can live with it. I'm a grown-up. I'm perfectly capable of doing just that. That way, as people start, as the show grows, people start getting this suggested to them by uh, the algorithms. They'll go, oh, okay, it's fairly well rated. What are people saying about it? And they read the reviews. They see people generally like it. And then there's the guy who calls me a wannabe Alex Jones. Globalists! They're turning the freaking frogs gay! And I've upset the, the studio help, if you didn't hear the dog's going off the other room by doing a uh, my little uh, Alex Jones impersonation. I apologize. For it. I get sidetracked easily. Maybe if I apply more rye whiskey. No, no, not helping. But anywho's, uh, once you have rated it and reviewed it, said something nice, preferably not calling me Alex Jones, please share this episode or just share the show with your friends. Tell friends about it. Say, hey, check this guy out. He's really awesome. You also might know a thing or two about whiskey if you want to give him a listen. Maybe he'll, maybe he'll you'll check out his other podcast, The Whiskey Pod, also available on all the major, all the major podcast platforms. Either who's. Either who's. Ha! Any who's. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, 
See you back here this time. Same bat time, same bat channel, and all that jolly good stuff. And as always, stay relentless. The Tyler Morgan Show is a relentless daring media production. The Tyler Morgan Show is supported by its listeners. To support the show, go to ko-fi.com slash Tyler Morgan Show to donate there or relentlessdaring.com and hit the donate button at the top of the page to set up your donation. All music used in the Tyler Morgan Show is used with permission from purpleplanet.com. Link in the show notes. 2 Timothy 1 7. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.